Hey everybody, what's going on? Rob Sesternino here with another Survivor Kagiyan exit interview. That's right. And we have a double feature for you guys today. We're going to start off talking with the latest person voted out of the game. And then we're going to talk to the latest person to leave the game under their own power, voting themselves off the game. And we're going to speak with first with Alexis Maxwell. And then second, we're going to talk with Lindsay. Lindsay Ogle is going to talk to us about uh, why she decided to leave the game at this point in time. So last night, Survivor Know-It-Alls, Stephen Fishback and I broke it all down, had a lot of fun with Stephen. If you haven't seen that yet, I feel like it was a very fun conversation talking about the episode. The first word in Survivor reporting, Survivor Know-It-Alls, that was live on Wednesday night. I hope you guys can join us every week, 9.15 p.m. Eastern. If you missed it, you could check it out in the archives or on our YouTube channel at robhasawebsite.com slash YouTube. Now today, we are going to talk to Marty Piombo from Survivor Nicaragua. I'm sure he's going to have a lot to say. I think this is going to be his fourth time doing the recap with me on the podcast. So Marty is always a lot of fun to talk about the game with. And then we're going to get your voicemails in. So first, you're going to want to get your questions in for Marty on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash podcast. And then voicemails from you guys. We need them. 323-282-RHAP or for the high quality version uh, these are the ones I really like to use use our link at robhasawebsite.com slash voicemail okay so let's get into it let's go ahead and let's bring in our first guest this morning she got voted out last night she thought it was going to be Jeremiah but it turned out it was her she's here on the line with us and Alexis are you there hi how are you doing Good, how are you? I'm doing good. Alexis, we were so sad for you last night because, you know, we, you know, it's, look, we all love the Survivor and it's fun to see a blind side, but it's, you know, it's, it's not as fun when we see somebody who gets as upset as you were. Yeah, it, it was hard watching again, too, because it actually, I mean, I felt a lot of it all over again, which is, it was heartbreaking and I, I hated feeling that. Yeah, it was very, 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 we felt very bad for you. Um, so I want to know, did you feel bad at all when you watched the episode and found out that Jeremiah actually was telling you the truth the whole time and he didn't get a new clue for the idol? <laughs> I kind of did because I was so wrong. I was so wrong. Um, but I felt like I was right. You know? But even if I knew that I was wrong out there, I would have still, you know, tried to use that to my advantage and try to convince people that uh, what happened um, with Tony was actually what I was saying happened. So I think it, what Tony's move was, was to help me, but I mean, still no one really believes me. <laughs> Yeah. So it didn't matter. Now, you said that Jeremiah has not just told one lie. He's told about a hundred lies. So we saw that he was sort of wishy-washy about Bryce, and we had the whole thing with the immunity idol. Were there other things about Jeremiah that we didn't see that he also made you feel like he was shady? Um, well, when, I, when Morgan told me that Jeremiah had targeted me, I confronted him like three or four times just trying to get him to admit it. Um, I, I, I was like very adamant about getting him to admit that he was lying. I confronted him on our Solana beach. I confronted him on the new Apari beach and at that tribal council. And he would never admit that he was 
targeting me ever that he even considered voting for me. And I know it's dumb because he actually didn't vote for me and actions speak louder than words, whatever, whatever. But um, I just wanted him to tell me the truth, um, but he never did. So I was, I didn't trust him at all. All right. So there was a lot made in the episode about whether after a merge, would either you or Jeremiah go back and join Jeffra and LJ? And you said in the episode last week that Jeffra was your main alliance, that you were so tight with her. If there was a merge and you were there, would you have gone and voted with Jeffra and LJ and left the new Apari gang behind? I definitely would not have flipped, 100%. And I'm not just saying that. Um, it, it would be a very dumb move to flip because... That's five jury votes that you don't get. You lose the game if you flip. It just doesn't work. So um, eventually, once I was towards the end and the uh, new Solana tribe only had one or two members left, that's when I would probably be in the bottom of the new Atari and try and bring in the other bottom. And but I wouldn't have flipped right away. I, I would, would have tried to pull Jeffrey in and got her to vote with us to keep her safe, but um, I definitely wouldn't have gone with them. Okay, so when you guys had the tribe swap last week, so it ended up at this very unusual configuration with the three people from the Brains tribe and the three people from the Beauty tribe and then just Sarah. And it seemed like all the Beauty tribe people went to scatter and all went to the Brains tribe people from what we saw in the episode. Was there any conversation when you guys got there between you and Jeremiah and Morgan like, hey, why don't the three of us stick together and let's try to pull in Sarah and then we'll have four and we'll be in the majority? We didn't talk at all, which is so dumb of us, but I think we all thought that we were the only ones with that plan, so we all probably sat and thought about it and figured, oh, none of us are close, none of us can trust each other, so the big best move for myself at this moment is to go with the brains and be four strong with them, but we didn't know that all of us did that, which gave them so much power and so much information without us ever gathering information. So it wasn't very smart. So when you guys got there, it seemed like from what we saw in the edit, you were the first person to go and grab Spencer and talk about, hey, I want to work with you guys. I want, I want to vote with you guys. Do you think that that ended up being a detriment to you where it made it seem like you were too eager to flip over and potentially untrustworthy? Um, I don't think it made me seem untrustworthy, but I think it made them think I was more strategic than they probably anticipated me being. Um, and Spencer said, like, it was, it seemed almost desperate, and I was so desperate. It was, it was an act of desperation. So, um, I don't, I think being desperate is fine because that's a vulnerable, vulnerable place to be in, and it makes you seem kind of non threatening and weak, but I, think that me talking any strategy with them was not what they expected and um definitely might have put a target on my back really early on it seemed like also that every we saw you a lot you know going to spencer one-on-one and not so much, you know, with Cass and Tasha. And then we also saw in the episode that Spencer was sort of last week, he was saying, you know, he didn't really trust you. And then this week he seemed to have even a little, a little bit of disdain talking about how he thought you were a phony. Were you surprised to hear Spencer say these things about you? Um, yeah, yes and no. The reason I would talk to Spencer one-on-one a lot is because Cass and Tash were so close and it was very clear that Spencer was on the bottom of that alliance and kind of would 
do what they say to do, which is fine, which is a great spot for him to be in, actually. But I thought that it would be best to talk to him, and we had a lot in common. We're the same age. Both go to great schools in Chicago, and I thought that we could connect on those levels. But um, I didn't want to come out in Survivor and show people that I have any kind of brains in my head. And I and I definitely did um, say a lot of dumb things. <laughs> and even if it wasn't I mean, I was also very tired and hungry and stuff. So a lot of the dumb things were pretty genuine. <laughs> um, and I can own that. But he, he sat through my bullshit and he didn't buy into any of it, which is good for him. And it's a good trait for him to have in his life. Um, he won't have any girls, you know, screw this his head because he's, he's got his head on right. But, um, I mean, it certainly didn't help my case. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my my gameplay technique really didn't work with Spencer. That sucks for me. <laughs> no, I was actually very surprised that at no point in this episode did Morgan's name come up as a person to uh, potentially get rid of. What is Morgan doing that she has so ingratiated herself with these brains people? Um, she's doing absolutely nothing, which is exactly the best thing for her to do. So there's no reason to send Morgan home. I talk about it actually in one of my secret teams. She's a goat. She's a proper goat out there. But she, she wasn't really playing the game. She wasn't doing anything. So there's no reason to ever see her as a threat, you know? And, and I'm sure she'd agree with that too. She, she knows she was just chilling out there, which is fine. So she was a goat. So do you feel like was Morgan trying to use her charm on Spencer? Is that is that a thing? Is Sporgan happening? No, I don't even think she talked to Spencer. She didn't talk to anybody. <laughs> Who'd she talk to? You know, nobody? Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> you could see it in some of the extra scenes. She really didn't talk to anybody. And I'm actually pretty jealous. She didn't even have to <laughs> get paranoid or crazy. She could just chill. Now, Morgan was talking last week and she was throwing you under the bus to Spencer and those and Cass and Tasha and she says that all you talk about is that you're twerking all the time and you twerk for <laughs> LJ is that is that true is that a fair allegation <laughs> what I do in my private time on Solana is my own business <laughs> no thing was like what I used in my application video. So smart twerk a little bit. I go to Northwestern and twerk some more. <laughs> um, so it was just a funny video and I was telling them about it and um, I guess I, she didn't approve. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> so would you recommend more people be twerking to get on Survivor when they ask me how do I get on the show? <laughs> I mean, it works for me. <laughs> I sent in my video. I got a call two days later. So maybe maybe everyone needs to twerk a little bit in their life. <laughs> okay. and, and was there an actual flirtation with you and LJ or is that just the game? Uh, yeah, there was. We, I would flirt a little bit out there. I, I guess, I mean, I don't think I've lived a day in my life where I'm not flirting with someone. It's just fun for me. <laughs> uh, especially when there's 34 plus, right? Well, <laughs> so, uh, we flirted a little bit, but um, it, it, I think it probably did hinder my game, but he would have never voted me out and neither would, would Jessa. So I at least secured myself with them. And if I had gotten to the merge, I think I would have been in a good spot because I don't think that that other five would have ever targeted me because those two would have been pushing for me. Now, speaking of flirting and or dating, 
Are you concerned now? You didn't make the merge. You're just short. Are you undateable now because you did not make the merge? <laughs> Who wants to date a pre-merge girl? <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot, a lot of our listeners. <laughs> Uh, well, we, that's good news. Yeah, we can get you <laughs> that. Hopefully, Rob. <laughs> yes, we can get you that information if you need it. But I have a feeling. You, I have a feeling you're going to be okay. Oh, thank you. I'm very, very single. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. Well. Okay. Well. well maybe this will be a, a whole other podcast. All right. Let's talk about Sarah. And I was actually surprised that we didn't really see a lot of her and trying to scramble at all when she got to the new Apari Beach with you guys. Was she a part of that brains group, or was she? She's sort of on the outside also. Um, she didn't seem, she didn't scramble, but I don't think she needed to because of like the mistakes um, the beauty tribe made. So the fact that we scrambled so much, I think put targets on us and took all targets off Sarah. Um, my whole ploy when I approached the brains was saying that Sarah can't make it to the merge. She has so many options. But when Chris and Lindsay were both gone, that actually helped her a lot and hurt my game because the fact that LJ was still in the game really just made things worse for me. Yeah. And so when Tony says the thing about top five, baby, did that offend you also? Because uh, we know that Sarah was obviously offended, but did you feel like, hey, are, did LJ and Jeffra abandon me also? Yeah, really. I think that one of the main things that sent me home was a, a two second mistake that I made um, after they shouted that. And I like mouthed something to Jessica, like, because I was, I, I was, I hated that they gloated right in my face and I was being such a sore, sore loser. Um, and I think Tasha saw me mouth something to Jessica and that really made her think that I was still with them. Wow. Well, that's a, that's a so shame. Two seconds can ruin your whole game and survivor. It's kind of scary. Yeah. Now you also talked about last night that you were, you know, such a big fan of the show. You were, you were a super fan. I saw also in your day after interviews. So could you just talk about your experience with Survivor and you know how long you've been watching for? Um. Yeah. It, I I loved it so much, but it's so weird because being such a fan of the show, I'm so even more disappointed in myself because I should know better. You know, like I've seen so much of it and I've seen the mistakes made um, that I made so like I should have known better when I was playing um, and I was just disappointed that when I was out there I, my judgment was clouded I think by how much my heart was in the game and I really didn't make the smart decisions that I should have made as a fan of the game so that was my true disappointment and then part of the reason I was crying so much is because I felt like you know, there's so many people that want to play the game and I took someone's spot. I felt like I blew it and, and it just felt really like I disappointed more than just myself. So I was just disappointed. It's hard to explain, but I wish I would have done better and not made those rookie mistakes. Hey, I don't think you have anything to be disappointed about. And honestly, I feel like, you know, the reason why or one of the bigger reasons why they ended up getting rid of you over Jeremiah is I, I think that they were more afraid of you going forward than Jeremiah. So you have to sort of take it as a badge of honor sometimes when, when they come after you, because like you were saying with some of the people that aren't a threat, sometimes they go further. It doesn't mean that they were necessarily a better player in the game than some of the people that go out early. So, you know, hang, hang your head up really? high. Okay, thank you. <laughs> yeah, don't be, don't be too bummed out, Alexis. Uh, you did a, did a great job, and thanks so much for coming on with us. I appreciate it. Thank you, 
Thank you so much. All right. Take care. All the best. Bye. Bye. All right, everybody. There you have it. That was Alexis Maxwell here on Rob Has a Podcast. And I have to say, I'm also especially disappointed because in my podcast with AJ Mass from ESPN the other day, we did our draft of the Survivor season. And I took Alexis as one of the people that I drafted on my Survivor fantasy team against AJ. So I had taken her like in the fourth or fifth round, like ninth or tenth overall. I took her and Jeffra back to back, but I felt like both of them were going to probably go pretty far. But that is why you should not take necessarily fantasy advice from me if you are a fan of the fantasy sports. And if you are, then our sponsor for this podcast is for you because fantasy baseball is back, everybody. And Lots of people are winning big money at DraftKings.com who have sponsored today's exit interview, America's favorite one-day fantasy sports site. Now, baseball opening day is on Monday. I'm very excited. I'm hoping that I'm going to be able to watch my Mets play on Monday. Steven Strasburg versus the immortal Dylan G. DraftKings is celebrating by awarding a half million dollars in cash prizes. So check out DraftKings.com last year. A guy named James Tran won over a million bucks at DraftKings in one day. So imagine winning huge cash every time you watch the game. DraftKings is a one-day fantasy sports site. That means no long commitments, no being stuck with players, just instant cash every day. So it's just like Survivor. You could flip-flop all you want. You don't have to be in uh, some big commitment. So you could switch anytime. It's easy. Pick a team in minutes and get your share of the half a million bucks at DraftKings that they're awarding this Monday. So right now, play for free to win real cash. Enter ROB at DraftKings.com and get free entry to play on opening day with over a half a million dollars in cash prizes. So hurry, free spots are going quick. Enter ROB when you go to DraftKings.com. That's DraftKings.com. All right, so we are going to now get into our second interview here today in our Survivor Exit Interview double feature. She was the first person to go out on this last episode after things did not go her way at the tribal council last week. Then we saw the episode open up. She has the whole confrontation with Trish, and then she decides that she doesn't want to be on the Survivor anymore, and she's joining us now. Lindsay, good morning. How are you doing? Good morning, Ralph. How are you? I'm doing, I'm doing pretty good. A very interesting turn of events last night. Uh, we were all expecting the big confrontation with you and Trish, which ultimately ended up to you deciding to leave the game. Now, I know a lot of time has passed since then. So I guess let's start off. And I want to know, do you have any regrets or second thoughts about the way that you ended up going out of the game? You know, I, I think that, I mean, you obviously know there's so much information to compact in such a small amount of time. Um a lot of people, especially on social media sites, are like, Lindsay, you know, I really appreciate that. Like, you did a great job. You know, my kids are watching. It was a it was a big deal that you said, you know what, I'm not going to feed into your crap. Like, I'm done with it. You know, whatever. Um, there was a lot to deal with at that point. Um, it wasn't just some 20-second argument. Oh, I don't like you. You're mean to me. Boo-hoo on me. I want to quit. Like, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Um, there was a lot of things that were built up your mindset is very different um, when you're playing the game. Like, you know, you, you, you battle all the natural elements and the starvation and dehydration and, you know, you're tired and, and your mind isn't clear. Um, do I have any regrets? No, because I know myself enough that 
it, it was like the straw that broke the camel's back. Like I own a beauty salon and I'm on a brown tribe. Like let's get real. Let's, let's, let's really get to why I was on that tribe and why I was chosen. Um, I'm a very spicy individual. I, I do not like it when people say no to me. I don't like it when I, I can't get along with someone, but I'm willing to adapt. So I was adapting for, you know, those, those days that I were on. And, you know, it, you live with these people that do have no idea, you know, how they are until you get dropped off on this island with them, you know. And um, a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, blame your daughter. The only reason that Trish was saved that night was because a seven-year-old girl would be watching and she would have to live through, you know, the repercussions of my actions that night. But what was um, going to happen? You were, you were going to beat Trish up? Oh, I, I was, it, it was one of those things that, you know, it, it's like a bird pecking, you know, and peck, 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 peck. And it, it, when you do that, you pick away and you get straight to the, you know, you get to the book, to the bone. And I was to the bone at that, at that point. Um, I'm a very, like, I, I mean, you can kind of see it in the challenges. Um, I'm a very feisty individual. Um, I, I don't really like it. Um, I'm very competitive, but I, I don't like it when people are, are constantly, and I don't like when people badger others. Like, um, I feel like I'm one of those people who, you know, stick up for the little guy. Um, and in that case, it was, you know what, lady, like you have camera courage, like the cameras are all over you. I understand you think that you're Miss Big Shot right now, but I'm going to put things into a primitive situation for you. And you're really going to see how it really would be if these cameras weren't around. So, you know, I started pacing back and forth and it wasn't some like five second conversation with Jeff, like, oh yeah, you, you know, I, I should go home. It was, I need to look at these options. I need to see what is going to be the best for me later on in life. Um, and you know, the best life lessons, they come at the worst times. Would I have liked a million dollars? Absolutely. Would I have used it for good? Absolutely. Um, do I think that I played a perfect game? Absolutely not. But I don't think that when you get out there, you think, oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and it's going to work out perfectly. You have to adapt to the situation. You, you have to adapt to the characters that, that you're, you're um, you know, conversing with and, and you're um, reacting to all of these twists and turns that Jeff provides for you. Um, do I think that I was there to compete? Absolutely. I wasn't there to throw challenges. I wasn't there to be like, oh, well, let's just pick a team that we all like. And then, you know, we'll, we'll do this. That's later on in the game. I think that, that you kind of get where I'm coming from. Maybe like you make those big moves later on. Um, you kind of stick together. Survivor is about numbers and I was about competing. I wanted to see how far I could push myself and how well I could do through those challenges and pushing myself. And, you know, it, people had another agenda. Um, you know, she played her game a little bit differently. I wasn't there to pick on people or to, um, and I'm not saying, oh, woe is me. I'm this delicate flower. Like that's the furthest thing from my personality. And I think that's what scared me the most. You know, I, I didn't, I didn't want to whip this older skinny lady's ass on national TV. And then my daughter has to go through, you know, wasn't your mom, uh, the lady who, you know, beat up the older lady that was really skinny and blah, blah, blah. And people didn't like her, but you know, she, she did the wrong thing. Like you, you have to see what's going to happen further on in the future. Um, regrets. Right. Absolutely not. Because I feel like, you know, I, I talked to my daughter earlier this morning and she's like, mom, you know, I'm really proud of you. She's like, you did a good job. She's seven. 
Um, and for her to say that to me and for her to, to, you know, realize like there is a bigger picture. Um, I didn't want a million dollars, but you know, from the experience that I received through CBS and through survivor, I'm going to do everything I can to help whoever needs it. Um, I've got a lot of work that I'm doing with shelters, um, women's shelters. I'm going to be doing some things with the city that I live in to, um, create more of a, a need for women to exercise outside and to be outside and to compete and do all these awesome things. So, you know, maybe not winning a million dollars within my future, but definitely getting a hold of my community and getting things out there that are important and affecting people in a positive way from, you know, maybe something negative that happened to me. So, okay. Um, all right. Well, Lindsay, we have so many, so many more questions for you. And I know we only have a, a certain amount of time. So let me go back to the night of where, where you go out of the game. Now, typically on Survivor, what happens when somebody quits the game? It typically happens like at a challenge or at tribal council or at one of like the events that happen on the show. It's very rare for Jeff to come out to the beach for somebody when it's not a medical intervention. So what was it that you had said to production that got Jeff out there? Did you just say like, hey, I'm going to kill Trish if you leave me in the game and that's what caused Jeff to come out? I mean, my palms were sweating. My heart was beating out of my chest. I was pacing back and forth and I'm going through these things by myself at night in the rain. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm really trying to make a full decision. And I think just by what was kind of coming out, cause you know, when you think out loud because you're by yourself and you're just going through these options, I mean, um, a lot of people give brain enhanced like a, a, a bad rep, but you know, you have to do it. You have to talk about it. You have to say, you know, these are the things that I want to do. These are the things that are going to benefit me. You know, if I stay, what are my options? Do I think I can be around this person? You have all of these variables like in your head and you're, you're kind of playing the game out loud in your head. And I think that they were really concerned. I mean, Trish is probably 90 pounds soaking wet at that time. Um, and I think that production even knew that she was cruising for a bruising man. Like, um, I think that day in and day out when you film a certain person or a certain um, uh, dynamic of people, they can kind of pick and choose and see like what all might happen. And I think that they knew that, I mean, it, it didn't really show a lot of buildup, but I mean, it was just one thing after another. And I think that they just thought, you know what? Like, I'd probably do it too. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to put words in their mouth and say, oh, definitely, they were on my side. But I think that just um, um, being around that situation over and over again, people kind of realize, like, you know, she's about to get it. You know, like, this is actually concerning for her because she's, she's, she wants me to do something. And I think they were afraid that I was going to. So we kind of worked out the options and, and, and figured out that the best, the best um, choice for me at that time was, you know, and, and I even told them, I said, I love my life. Um, and maybe I didn't win a million dollars, but now I know that the grass isn't always greener. You know, you can work with what you have and, and go from here. So I kind of left that sand and thought to myself, this is where I'm at. I can only go forward from here. There is no past. There is no future. There's only right now. And for right now, that was the best decision for me. Do you feel like that Trish played a mind game on you and got you to leave the game without her having to vote you out? Absolutely. Yeah, she definitely played the the um, bickering badger role. And I, I think that it was well played, you know. 
Um, she knew that I was, um, I was a pretty competitive person. She knew that, um, you know, I, I had an alliance with Cliff. Now Cliff wasn't the reason I left. I think that's ridiculous. And people are like, Oh, her little boyfriend Cliff, but she used that to her advantage. And she, she, she got that to, to connect with the other people that were there. Cliff and I, you know, we didn't speak hardly. I mean, every now and then, I mean, we were buddies, but at the same time, like we weren't like, Yes, I, you know, he is the hand that guides me through life. Like, Cliff didn't get get me on the show. Cliff didn't give me my job. Cliff, you know, didn't run my business for me. Cliff didn't fill out my, my, um, my applications for Survivor, do any of my interviews. I just met him on a beach somewhere and we've, you know, connected as friends. Um, but yeah, I definitely think that she kind of used that to connect with other people, which is a good move. So are you saying that if Cliff didn't get voted out, let's say LJ got voted out at the last tribal council, everything would have happened exactly the same way you still would have left the game? I mean, if she would have started in on me, it, it, it all is about um, a reaction and a response. That was just the time where I, I think that it heightened my fury a little bit, um, just because it like you're so shocked when a blindside happens. You're like, oh my gosh, you know, and you're kind of freaking out. Like, what just happened, you know? Um, but uh, I do feel like um, it, it definitely heightened a little bit of my nerves, and and you know, it kind of caught me off guard that you know you just won the tribal council, you won everybody over. I'm on the you know bottom of the totem pole. Why are you kicking me in the face while I'm down? Like just, and you kind of see me say, you know what, just back off me. Like don't talk to me for a while. We're good, you know. And and I, I think that she was she was digging for that response. Mm-hmm. And at that point in time, you know, that's that was the best I could do. And 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 I'm proud of that. Now. It seemed like, as a viewer of the show, that when you were out there, you did give it back to her at least as good as you were getting it. Uh, we saw you doing uh, impressions of Trish, which I have to say were pretty funny. Uh, it did seem like you Thank were you. able to, like, it seemed like you were able to hold your own out there. Oh, I would dish. Yeah. Yeah, I would dish. And, and, and that's why I don't understand the whole, you know... Um, a lot of people are like, well, Lindsay's the bully in the situation. Man, you, you do what you got to do to, to, I, I, I handle a lot of my emotions with humor. And if I can just kind of laugh at something and think, Oh, you know, um, but I mean, she was, she was pretty intense on stuff. So I think that, um, I did what I had to do to kind of get over some things and, you know, were they the most mature things? Absolutely not. Did they make me giggle and kind of say, ah, screw it, you know, screw her. Who, who cares? Yes, absolutely. Um, but I think we all have our vices and we have things that um, that kind of comfort us in some way. And mine happens to be impressions and humor. So that's what I use. So I do a little bit of that, too. That's uh, it's, <laughs> you know, it's not one of my better qualities, but it does. It, I can definitely <laughs> relate. I can definitely relate to that being a, a self-defense mechanism. So now the Survivor finale is about seven or eight weeks from now. And typically at the Survivor finale, they've always done this. They have the big reunion where they bring everybody back together. Now, are are you having any thoughts about not going to the reunion or anything like that because you won't be able to control yourself if Trish starts goading you in that sort of setting? Honestly, it's it's been so long since any of that happened. I'm sure that Trish is a great person and, you know, she's got awesome qualities that people love. And, you know, 
she got picked for the show for a reason, you know, as did I. We all have these extreme qualities that people tend to be entertained by. Um, and, I, you know, I bet she is a good friend and I bet she is a, a, a good person. But for me, she's not my cup of tea and I'm not her cup of tea. And that's about the end of it. Um, whether it's going to to determine whether I'm going to go to a place where she might be, no, I, I definitely will go. And one last question. It didn't seem like you were that pissed off at Tony after it was really him and his him changing his vote that caused the big blind side of tribal council last night. Did you have hard feelings for Tony also or was just all focused on Trish? You know, um, Tony was one of those that I thought he couldn't count to 20 with his shoes on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he's just one of the <laughs> of being as a big threat when he was really the head of the snake, you know, and and. I, I would say that Trisha was definitely the ass of the snake, um, but they made a good snake and it worked for them. And, you know, they, they made some big moves together and, you know, you can only appreciate it. But definitely with Tony, I, I have no ill will towards him. You can even see in his uh, his uh, TV Guide interview that um, that he was saying, you know, all of these things that I have to re- represent in my um, in my everyday life, those are going to be left at home. I'm going to play my game like this. So he's telling you from the start, like, I'm going to be a conniving snake and that's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to mess with people. And I'm, he does a great job at it. I think that Tony would probably be one of my favorite players of the season if I wasn't actually on his team. So, yeah, you know. All right. Well, Lindsay, thank you very much. I know that it's always a, uh, a tough spot in this, in this situation to uh, come on and talk about it. But I do appreciate you uh, coming on and, and talking a little bit about your mindset uh, and why you left the game when you did. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for your time. All right. Thanks, Lindsay. Bye-bye. All right, everybody. There you have it. That was Lindsay here on Rob has a podcast. So, uh, some, some interesting insight there from, uh, from Lindsay. I was actually surprised that she said that she felt like Trish did pull a mind game on her. I thought that she she was going to say that she didn't feel like that. So uh, I felt like that was some uh, interesting insight there from Lindsay. Okay. So we are just getting started here today on a big survivor Thursday. We have, you just heard our exit interviews. You got the survivor know-it-alls already. That's already on your phone, but now we are going to get ready to later on today. I'm going to talk to Marty Piombo. I'm going to get your questions in on Facebook. We're going to get your voicemails. going to talk about them with Alex Forstenhausler. He was the guy that directed the reality game masters and also produced and directed uh, the roast that we did a couple months ago. So he's a funny guy. So we're going to get your questions in on the voicemail line, 323-282-RHAP or robhasawebsite.com slash voicemail. So looking forward to the big show today. Should be a lot of fun. As always, uh, check out robhasawebsite.com for all of the shows that we're doing. Over on Post Show Recaps, we're doing 10 days of Game of Thrones. We are re-watching Season 3 myself and Josh Wiggler. Josh Wiggler, who actually had a Survivor article published on Vulture.com this week, if you haven't seen it. I'll talk about it a little bit more in the big podcast today. But the 10 best strategic moves in the history of Survivor, if you want to check that out. Josh and I, we are going through all of Game of Thrones Season 3 once a day live. You can join us on post-show recaps to get ready for the premiere of Game of Thrones live following the season premiere of Game of Thrones on April 6th at 10.15 p.m. Eastern on postshowrecaps.com. So have a great Thursday, everybody. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye.